It's that time, America. Your very own nationally award-winning family radio talk show. Let's Talk America with host Shayla Thornton is set to air now. We feature the trending news stories, the timely interviews you want to hear, and the hottest music in the industry. This show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned in to quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, now, now. Welcome. You are listening to the national award-winning program, Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana and I welcome you to a new episode of our program. Now remember that we aim to offer high quality and professional news talk in a very congested industry. If this happens to be your very first time tuning in, we are so excited that you are with us. And we will remind you that you can listen to this episode again at your convenience 24 hours a day. Simply visit LTARadio.com. Visit LTARadio.com to listen to our podcast episodes again at your convenience. All right, everyone, we aim to offer versatile content for a modern listening base. Here on Let's Talk America Radio, we present exclusive interviews on a variety of topics with leading experts and advocates. We will continue to cover those issues that matter to you, those topics that impact you, such as health, law, politics, education, business, finance, music, pop culture, and so much more. Our featured conversation on this episode will certainly engage you and keep you informed. Well, let's get right to it. If you happen to think that uh, being prone to seasonal allergies is something that you don't have to worry about, you might want to think again. It is absolutely possible to develop allergies at any point in life. That's right. It has been said. In fact, more than 50 million Americans experience various types of allergies each year, with spring allergies responsible for the majority of those cases. Now, between tree, grass, and weed pollen, allergy season can start as early as March and run through the end of September. Well, Dr. Amy Shaw, double board certified medical doctor in internal medicine and allergy immunology, says allergies are actually getting worse in developed nations. And the reason could be because of the hygiene hypothesis that we are being too sanitary in certain chemicals we are being exposed to through personal care products and medications that are designed to make our lives more convenient may actually be flaring up allergies. Uh-oh, now that's a complicated topic there. Well, she joins Let's Talk America with Hoshana Thornton Radio in this episode to highlight allergies and treatment. We'll take a brief break and we'll be right back on with knowledge you want to know more about. Stay with us. So far from you. This is Atlanta-based gospel singer Davina Williams. You can find me at www.davinawilliams.wix.com slash gospel singer. And you are listening to Let's Talk America with host Shane Thornton. Yeah. Welcome, listeners, to your national award-winning program, Let's Talk America, where many of you already know that it is Alan. Or pollen season. That's right. I said it, not a, a medical term, but I'm saying it because we have the watery eyes, 
the constant cough, or maybe it's the sneezing. And many people hear the word allergies or an allergic to pollen, but what does it exactly mean? Well, 50 million Americans or more actually suffer unnecessarily between now, this time of year, of course, spring, and going into September. But let's get a hold of this because maybe you don't have to suffer. And are there any real serious consequences to going with allergies untreated? I'm no expert, but I'm so honored right now to have Dr. Amy Shaw with us. She is a double board certified medical physician in internal medicine and allergy immunology. Welcome, Dr. Shaw, to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, now let's get right to it. Uh, Pollen seems to be everywhere, okay? And maybe it's worse in certain parts of the United States, but, uh, of course, uh, Let's Talk America is broadcast out of Atlanta Metropolitan, and it seems that you go outside in the morning, it seems fine, but by mid-afternoon, everything appears yellow. I know your um, project is based in Arizona. I'm sure you all probably have similar things happen there. Uh, What is the most important thing we can do if we think we have allergies? A lot of people say, well, I'm sneezing, but my doctor's never told me, or maybe we're not going to the doctor ourselves until there's something wrong, like an injury, or we have hurt ourselves on the job. Help us out. So I think it's hard to know sometimes between a cold and allergies, right? Because they have similar symptoms. You get a runny nose. You may be sneezing. Um, So there's lots of people who are underdiagnosed with allergies. Like you mentioned, 50 million Americans have allergies. There's probably more that just think it's a cold or something that they, uh, you know, that they were exposed to. So one of the things I tell people as an allergist, I think that people should get tested. What, that's a great way to know for sure whether your symptoms are allergies or, or something else. So that's the first step, to make sure we distinguish what it is. Um, but so I have to ask this because I think a lot of people treat allergies, especially the pollen this time of year with spring, and something like, oh, it will pass. But can it be serious? I mean, I've heard of things such as allergy-induced asthma. Does that really exist? And, I mean, just how serious can it be? Or is it overall this is something minor in the whole scope of things medically? Absolutely. It can be very serious. It can cause, it can cause um, allergic asthma, which is a very severe asthma attack. Um, it can be from mild to severe. And if you can imagine, having asthma is no joke. There's people who die from asthma still in the U.S. Um, you know, today. And so um, allergies can also cause significant missed school days and work days and lowered productivity. So it's a real issue. It's not just a nuisance. Um, and, and as you know, food allergies actually are quite deadly. So when you're dealing with food allergies, it's a whole different world. Oh, wow. Okay. So that, I, you often hear people say the food allergies, but I don't think many people often take um, the seasonal allergies. Okay, help us out. What are there some things we could be doing to help out? Yes, there's a couple of things, um, four things, three things that are positive, one thing that you shouldn't be doing. First thing is delaying your showers and your workouts. So if you're used to working out outdoors in the morning, you may want to switch that to later in the morning, like after 10 a.m., because from 5 to about 10, that's a big pollen allergy time. And then... um, same with the shower. So what happens when you go out with pollen is the pollen gets stuck in your eyes, in your hair, on your clothes, on your skin. And so if you take a shower at the end of the day, you'll be washing that away so that when you're sleeping, it's not constantly irritating your body. 
I so, see. So that makes sense. I mean, that's common sense to a certain degree, but I think many of us get in the habit. But you're saying working out in the morning, my, I myself, I love the morning walks, but you're saying if I'm an allergy sufferer, it probably makes sense to hold off doing that? Yeah, exactly. During that high season, you'll notice that you're really not feeling well when you go outside. And if that's the case, then you should delay it a little bit later in the day. Um, not too late because you get another spike kind of at dusk. Um, so somewhere in the mid- middle of the day is ideal time. Or just take it indoors for that couple of weeks. Okay, so keep our promise on those New Year's resolutions. Keep to the gym. You're saying that helps. So <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. And Okay, so the second thing is is start your medications early and know what you're taking. One of the things that I've gotten really interested in is, God, we're eating all these allergy pills and, um, and everything went over the counter and they all have fillers and binders. And I had no idea, but 70% of the pills are actually just fillers and binders and colors and um, sugar. And so you're basically ingesting all this toxin uh, material. So with allergy medications, I urge you to look for things that are dye-free and filler-free. Um, one, of, one of the companies that I'm actually on the medical board for is kind of leading the charge on this. They're called Genexa, um, G-E-N-E-X-A. And I'm hoping that they're showing other companies that, yes, you can make nasal saline without parabens, which is one of the things I give to children to put in their nose, and it has, it's full of parabens. Um, and then, uh, you know, they have a uh, dye-free, organic, uh, sugar-free, allergy, natural allergy thing as well. So uh, the other thing is start your medications early, meaning that, you know, don't just wait till you're dying of allergies to bring out the medications. Really, you want to kind of prime your system with two weeks of medication. So if you know that every... April, you get bad allergies, maybe the two weeks before you start taking that nasal spray like a Clonase, Nasonex, or um, a nasal quart, something like that. The third okay, thing. That's, that's, that's oh, good information. Go ahead. And, and I, wanted, I wanted to jump in really quick because yes. you said take the medicine earlier in the day, I guess close to the time you're waking up or, or having breakfast, right? So often it's easy to remember, but I have to ask you this, right? There are certain medications out there. I don't want to call them by name because I don't want you know, them to say, hey, you're calling us out. But they're known yeah. to make you sleepy. It's an antihistamine, hint, hint. Yeah. And you can get a little sleepy with it, but it seems to be the most effective for so many allergy sufferers. What do we do if you, obviously, you don't want to operate your vehicle or go to work sleepy and drowsy. Uh, what do you do if yes. it makes you drowsy? Because a lot of physicians will say, well, take it at night. But you're saying yeah. now that, obviously, if you're going out in the day, you want that in your immune system. Uh, does it help if you're taking it at night as well? Well, this is the thing. I also, I think that the big confusion is that nasal sprays, like Nasonex and Flonase and, um, and, you know, also the nasal saline that I mentioned, the saline care by Genexa, I think those nasal sprays in general are the number one first line for allergies. So people get confused. They think that, oh, they should be using an antihistamine. That's the most effective because it's a pill. But actually... Um, using a medicinal nasal spray like Flonase or um, uh, there's a bunch of brands out there, and then um, also doing kind of a nasal wash with saline or uh, nasal uh, saline care like the nasal spray, um, that is the first line. So I always tell people, hey, start with that. Then if you need an antihistamine on top of that, you can take it at night and it will still be effective. 
Does that make I sense? See. It does. So you're saying don't underscore uh, the nasal sprays because I think yes. unfortunately we're not medical experts like you, and we tend to think, oh, the spray's kind of an add-on, but antihistamine yes. is our first line of defense. It's the first line, yeah. Like, and, and almost everyone gets it wrong because they start with the pills. But I definitely think that the nasal sprays are what you should start with. Okay, great advice. And you had mentioned that uh, there a lot of people kind of self-diagnose. You open up the conversation with that. How important is it, Dr. Shaw, for many allergy sufferers to check in with the doctor about the medicine? Because I do think, unfortunately, allergies are one of those things we're like, well, we're experimenting ourselves. It's not really necessary to make an appointment with Dr. Shaw. I'll figure this out myself. I mean, is there a certain point where you're saying, hey, it's time to see your primary physician and maybe they'll recommend you to go on to see an allergist? I mean, are there any signs for that? Or we need to check in with our primary provider first off. Yeah, I I absolutely think that, you know, I'm not just touting our specialty, but I do think that if you're at the point where you're confused um, about your symptoms and you're having uh, severe symptoms that maybe are stopping you from being productive at work or at school or at home, and you really want a good plan, it may be worth it to get testing so you can see what you're allergic to, and then just come up with a, a plan that you can use over and over again every season. And I think it's really worth it to make that establishment, um, especially if you're someone who has uh, symptoms all season long. So like every year, you know, you kind of come down with the same kind of stuff. Okay, and, and that makes sense. I, I want to say this. I know we're talking about allergy season. We're talking about pollen. But, and you said all year long. There are more things than pollen we can be allergic to. And I'll say this. That's why a lot of people continue to have allergies in the fall and winter, right? It's not just pollen that's foreign to our body. Absolutely. You can be allergic to dust mites. You can be allergic to mold spores. You can be allergic to cat dander, dog hair. I mean, uh, our, it's anything that your body deems as foreign is an allergy. I see. Great information. You are listening to the National Award-winning program, Let's Talk America, with Shana Thornton. I'm no expert on allergies, but we have someone that is. She knows a lot about it. I'm talking about Dr. Amy Shaw. She has her practice out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Dr. Shaw, you mentioned there was another component you wanted to share to help us fight off allergies or live our best life. What was it? Uh, one, the third thing I wanted to tell you is skip the happy hour if you're an allergy sufferer. So a lot of people don't know this, and they think that, oh, wine is the only thing you have to worry about. But the thing is, is that alcohol increases vasodilation. What that means is that if your nose is already swollen and plugged up, having a two drinks or more is going to plug it up even more, 78% more based on a study done on women who drank two drinks or more per night. So you definitely want to uh, skip the happy hour if you're someone who suffers from nasal congestion allergy symptoms. You know, I I think that's interesting because I'm not sure many people realize that. I I think, as you know, there's been some um, conflicting information coming out on why. You know, one study said it's great for the heart. The other study says, no, it's not. You know, it's not a reason for drinking. Um, obviously, people have to make the decision for themselves. But it's interesting, you're saying alcohol, and I don't want to beat up on wine or hard liquor, but would that also be true for beer? 
Yes, absolutely. So wine, beer, and clear alcohols do this vasodilation thing. Now, of course, wine has its own set of issues with um, allergy sufferers, people who are actually allergic to some of the components in wine or the uh, byproducts of wine, such as sulfites. So um, it's even more so, but it can be with any type of alcohol. And beer, too. People can be allergic to beer, yeah. So that's interesting to note. When it comes to certain foods, I think many people think, okay, uh, I've heard certain foods will sort of combat uh, seasonal allergies. Is that true or just an urban myth? There are foods that will support your allergy. So what I always say is, is a supportive treatment. It's not the treatment because people do can get confused. They think that eating your pineapple, which is a great thing to eat during allergy season because of its bromelain content, but it's not enough uh, for most allergy sufferers just to be eating loads of pineapple. They're probably going to need an allergy medication as well. Okay, and that makes sense. And, and I think I'm sure um, obviously you're an allergist or and specialize in that, but I know you want us to be as healthy as possible. And so if individuals have under, other underlining health conditions, just diving into pineapples or perhaps other foods that may be high in sugar may not always be ideal, but especially yeah. if you're saying that's not the only thing you can do or the only thing you should be doing, thinking that's going to help the system. Exactly. Um, also eating high, high vitamin C foods like oranges and lemons and spinach, those, uh, that can actually help you during allergy season too. And so just like you said, like if you're taking all the other treatments, um, you can, you know, fill up on your vitamin C and your pineapple and uh, you will be supporting your healing. I have to ask you this before you leave. It's such great information, but I know individuals who are very well-versed, they're well-informed, and they find out their child has seasonal allergies or other food allergies, and they say, I'm not sure where this came from because it's not in my family, it's not in my spouse's family. You know, how much does DNA or genetic disposition play when it comes to allergies of any type? Well, there is a genetic component, meaning that if both parents have allergies, then um, you are much, much more likely to have allergies in the children. So there is some kind of genetic component, but there's plenty of people, as we all know, that suffer allergies um, more and more than their forefathers. And we're learning that the allergic disease is just rising through the generation. So there's definitely more at play than just genetics. I have to ask you this. I want to piggyback on that question before you leave us. You're saying we're seeing a rise in individuals where there may not have been a strong genetic disposition. Is it environmental? Do we see an increase of asthma and allergies? And and we can go down the list of all sorts of other medical conditions. Do you think it's an environmental? I mean, are there individuals in New York City suffering more from um, allergy concerns than, say, someone in Phoenix, Arizona? That's a great question. That's a million-dollar question, actually. Um, I think there's leading theory. So the, quick, just quickly, the leading theory is a hygiene hypothesis, which is that we're being too clean. We're not having enough dirt exposure. We're having too many antibiotics and cleaners, harsh cleaners that take away all the good bacteria in our environment. A second theory is that we're taking in too many chemicals. So when I mentioned that company, Genexa, that's taking out the chemicals, in our uh, medication, this is something that's really interesting to me because that one of the theories is maybe all this triclosan in you know hand sanitizer in soaps, um, these chemical additives that we put in all these um, personal care products and medications and foods, um, they may be at play. 
people have looked at Tylenol and antibiotic. I mean, the, like I said, this is a million dollar question, but we have um, a bunch of theories. Uh, and of course, See. pollution and climate change. Okay. And that may be playing a part as well. Another million-dollar question that I have to ask my mother and myself, I'm sure they have lots of other mothers and fathers and concerned grandmothers and grandfathers listening in. Uh, when the baby is born, right, we've heard so many different myths, what it takes to allow them to be healthy. Um, I've got to ask, do you expose them to food such as eggs and other things early in to give their body immunity? Absolutely. So the tables have turned on Food Allergy World. And they looked at babies from countries such as Israel, where they did a huge study. They give a uh, peanut teething cracker as a first chewing cracker at four months old, and they have one of the lowest rates of peanut allergy in the world. And so from that data and from other data, they realized, hey, you know what? It's actually hurting them to hold off on feeding them food. We should be giving them all these foods um, early on. Okay, so you're saying don't necessarily hold it from them because there can be some immunity with it. And I'm sure you would recommend for any concerned guardian to check in with the pediatrician and not just sort of say, hey, they're three weeks old, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to eat this peanut butter early in, right? Absolutely. Of course, check with your doctor on all of this stuff. This is just for interesting information. And, and I have to know this, uh, as being a mother to children that are no longer newborns, I, I, what is normal for babies as well? Because as we know, pollen is a foreign agent to all of us, but even babies and, and toddlers, I guess they can be sneezing for the pollen. Doesn't always mean they necessarily need the medication. Uh, uh, yeah, most medications don't start until age of two. And what we think is that the immune system is changing a lot from uh, the time that you're born till the time you're five. So we really start to treat kids um, around school age, around the age of five, is when we start to really look for seasonal allergies. Food allergies, though, as you know, can happen from uh, newborn stage. I see. And I know there's a hesitancy in the pediatric world to call a child asthmatic before a certain age. Is that because you're saying the immune system changes so often? Yes, exactly. There's really no good test. That, um, it's likely there's a lot of kids who have hyperreactive airways, um, you know, with their RSV or bronchitis kind of uh, yes. diagnosis. And so it's really hard to differentiate that from real asthma. Um, and so okay. we kind of call it, group it all in one until um, that school age. And then we can separate the kids who kind of outgrew that and mature their lungs uh, from the kids who actually have some asthma. Okay, my ultimate last question. I have lots of associates and friends that say, hey, I had asthma as a child, but I grew out of it. Did you just answer my question by saying perhaps they didn't necessarily have asthma and it was hyperactive airways, or maybe they may be asthmatic but just have not had an episode? What's the truth about that mess? I think um, it could be either. Uh, very, there's a large number of children who actually outgrow asthma. And puberty is actually uh, another time. Like, so there's school age where they can outgrow it, and then there's puberty where you can outgrow it. Um, so the predominance of asthma seems to be higher boys until puberty, and then it switches and it's more it's higher girls. So it's really interesting. So you can outgrow or start asthma at certain ages. 
Oh, wow. So you can necessarily outgrow it, meaning you never have an episode. And you touched on something just because you haven't had asthma, say, for the first 45 years of your life. You're saying that doesn't mean you can't develop asthma at 46 years old. Absolutely. Wow. Interesting. Great information, Dr. Amy Shaw, out of Arizona. Such a pleasure to have you on. I'm sure there are many questions people are asking or they wrote down mentally or on their um, iPad device. If they need additional information, help us out. Where should they go? Yes, absolutely. So you can come to my website at amyfdwellness.com and all that information about uh, you know, toxins, hygiene hypothesis, uh, Genexa, the company Genexa, um, all of that is on my website. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Shaw, uh, D-R-A-M-Y-S-H-A-H. I love it, Dr. Shaw. So you definitely invite our listeners to engage with you and bounce off ideas and questions, right? Exactly. I would love to. Thank you for your great information. May we all have a great, healthy pollen season. Tired of going from store to store, wasting gas just to attempt to find the perfect neckwear accessory for the special guy in your life? Well, TNN Bowties and Apparel has made it quite simple and convenient with a wide selection of quality and affordable bow ties online. You're bound to find the perfect item for any guy in your life with TNN bow ties and apparel. We do offer adorable bow ties for young boys, including infants. Don't waste your time standing in long lines. Shop with TNN bow ties and apparel for exclusive deals. Visit TNBowties.com. Again, that's TNBowties.com, where style meets purpose. Hi, everyone. It's Shana again, and I surely hope you enjoyed this very timely podcast episode of Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Well, stay with us for versatile news talk. Remember to visit LTARadio.com, LTARadio.com to listen to any podcast episode again at your convenience and also find out more information about our programming. Also, just to let you know, when you're out there on social media, be it Twitter, Instagram, if it's famous, Facebook or it's Snapchat. Remember to use the hashtag LTA Radio. LTA Radio, let others know that you are tuned in to quality news talk that aims to inform. We will keep this conversation going. We'll have another episode up very soon. Stay informed. You deserve it. You're listening to Let's Talk America Radio.